The Hartford understands protecting your business with the proper insurance can be a challenge. The Hartford team can provide coverage to suit your industry. The Hartford empowers mid- to large-size companies like yours to help manage risk, from liability and property insurance to workers' comp and more. Let the Hartford help protect what's unique about your business. Learn how at thehartford.com. Johann Schmiegel, you've got the world's highest IQ. Yes, 247. Wow. Did you know that thanks to Salesforce with Einstein AI, everyone's smarter? Now everyone's an Einstein, just like you. But I'm the smartest. Not anymore. With connected data and trusted AI, everyone can give customers experiences they've only dreamed of. Oh, look, here's a few Einsteins now. Hey, hi. Hola, amigo. Everyone's an Einstein? It's okay, Johan. Let it happen. The number one AI CRM. Now everyone's an Einstein with Salesforce. Welcome to the Bloomberg Law Podcast. I'm June Grosso. Every day we bring you insight and analysis into the most important legal news of the day. You can find more episodes of the Bloomberg Law Podcast on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and on Bloomberg.com slash podcasts. President Trump is talking about taking the partial shutdown of the government over a border wall to the next level, threatening to declare a national emergency to build the wall without Congress's approval. He first floated the idea at a press conference on Friday. We can call a national emergency because of the security of our country. Absolutely. No, we can do it. I haven't done it. I may do it. I may do it. But we can call a national emergency and build it very quickly. And uh, it's another way of doing it. The question is not only will he do so, but can he do so? Here to answer that is Harold Krent, Dean of the Chicago-Kent College of Law and author of the book Presidential Powers. So, Harold, does President Trump have the power to declare a state of emergency at the border and build a wall? The answer is in two parts. The Probably he has the authority to declare an emergency. The question is, who can question him about that declaration? Um, is it the courts? Will it be Congress? Unclear, because obviously many people don't believe that we are facing an emergency. But under the National Emergencies Act that was enacted in 1976, he has the authority to declare an emergency as long as he does so following the protocols set out in that statute. But the second part is, this is going to take money. And how will he be able to raise money for the $5.7 billion or whatever it is? Um, their Congress will have a say, as will the courts, and his plan maybe get a little uh, more difficult. So this is definitely going to the courts then? Well, first of all, this may be a bargaining employee, and many people think it's a bargaining employee, but people just don't know. I mean, will he, is he trying to get the Democrats to some kind of compromise over the shutdown of the government, or... Is this an alternative? And maybe he set this out as a trial balloon to see if people will accept it. We've had about 30 emergencies declared under the 1976 Act, starting with the Iran hostage situation, of course, 9-11, as well as others. And there are very few constraints in this legislation that define what is a permissible emergency. Um, Obviously, people can say that we haven't seen that many more arrests or unrest at the border. Most people are coming to the border to seek asylum. They're not having any kind of threat. Um, But that would be up in the judgment of the president, and we don't know if judges will review that determination. The remedy, I think, is another big question. I mean, the remedy of how does a wall help the crisis with respect to asylum seekers, that's a little unclear. And 
can the wall be built within two years anyway? And usually we don't see emergencies for something that's going to happen two years from now. So if the courts would take this to consider whether or not this is an appropriate use of the national emergency power, there's a lot to look at um, if they review it on the merits. President Truman tried to nationalize the steel mills during wartime. He was blocked by the Supreme Court. The Roberts Court has seemingly strayed a little bit from that case in the decision on the Muslim ban, which bolsters the president's control over the nation's borders. Is this court more likely to stand by Trump on this? Oh, it's such a hard call. I mean, the Youngstown Steel case that you mentioned is, you know, the best known sort of precedent. Um, It wasn't under the same statutory structure, but the president declared a national emergency during the Korean War effort and wanted to nationalize the steel to make sure we would have a steady supply of steel to help fuel the war effort. Um, And that, however, went pretty much against the Taft-Hartley Act, which sort of structured when the president could use the power to um, take away the ability of employees to bargain for their salaries and so forth. Um, And the court then felt that that because Congress had acted, that uh, the president had exceeded his constitutional powers. Would, Would this be the same thing? I think what people need to recognize is when, even if the president exercised this power to create a national emergency, he then needs to have money to to fund the wall. And to get the money to fund the wall, most people think the only way he could do it was to take money that was already appropriated by Congress to to the Defense Department and reallocate it to his wall project. That's going to step on people's toes. It's going to step on Republican members of Congress who like the projects that given to the Department of Defense. And that will, I think, be the kind of context in which a more successful challenge will take place. If Congress says, no, we want the money that we previously given to the Department of Defense for X or Y project, we want that to go forward, then it would be seen that the president would be acting in the teeth of a congressional direction. So I think that at that point, it's more likely that the court would step in. I don't think the court would step in at this initial phase just when the president announces an emergency, because there have been so many emergencies in different contexts before. Harold, who would have the standing to bring this kind of an action? In other words, who would be injured and be able to state a case in a federal court? My best guess at this time is that If money was shifted from Project X or Y, the individuals who would benefit from that project, whether it's defense industries, employees who would be paid on those projects, would then have standing to say, but for this emergency, we would have the money to continue this Department of Defense project. And now we don't, and therefore we can go to court to say that it was an illegitimate act of the president um, in the face that what I'm predicting will be a congressional response, um, and therefore that the court should enjoin the president from pursuing funding for the project. But I do think, my gut tells me that at the first level, no one will be successful at challenging the declaration of an emergency by itself, um, but rather have to wait until it reduces to a question of money. So you've written on presidential powers. Has President Trump repeatedly, by using his executive powers, by issuing executive orders, and now 
threatening to declare a state of emergency. Has he tried to expand presidential powers? Well, he certainly believes in an expanded president, but many presidents have, right? I mean, President Obama used the executive order quite aggressively as well. And I think that what he's done, I mean, what he's done in in certainly the most adventurous that you had adverted to earlier was the whole question about the Muslim ban. You know, there I think he was fast and loose with authority by imposing that kind of ban with such incredible consequences with very little um, either precedent or congressional uh, support. Uh, but I don't think he's used new tools uh, to any kind of extent. That's Harold Grand, Dean of the Chicago Kent College of Law. Thanks for listening to the Bloomberg Law Podcast. You can subscribe and listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and on Bloomberg.com slash podcast. I'm June Grosso. This is Bloomberg. The Hartford understands protecting your business with the proper insurance can be a challenge. The Hartford team can provide coverage to suit your industry. The Hartford empowers mid- to large-size companies like yours to help manage risk, from liability and property insurance to workers' comp and more. Let the Hartford help protect what's unique about your business. Learn how at thehartford.com. Johann Schmiegel, you've got the world's highest IQ. Yes, 247. Wow. Did you know that thanks to Salesforce with Einstein AI, everyone's smarter? Now everyone's an Einstein, just like you. But I'm the smartest. Not anymore. With connected data and trusted AI, everyone can give customers experiences they've only dreamed of. Oh, look, here's a few Einsteins now. Hey, hi. Hola, amigo. Everyone's an Einstein. It's okay, Johan. Let it happen. The number one AI CRM. Now everyone's an Einstein with Salesforce.